When the sun rises, I wake up and chase my dreams. I won't regret when the sun sets, cause I live my life like I'm a beast. What up? You're listening to the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. Hey everybody, happy to have you join me today here on the Lifestyle Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Vandegraaff. We have been thrilled recently to be getting a lot of new listeners joining in and learning the lifestyle practice way. To all of the new guys and gals out there, I just want to say welcome to the podcast and the group. We are excited to have you. When we talk about maximizing your dental practice, we usually talk about your leadership, building a team, um, improving patient experience, and communicating with patients in the right way. This is because focusing on these few items are going to make the biggest difference for you. Nailing these will move the needle for you most. So, I hope that in your own offices you're focusing on these things. But with that being said, I was thinking let's talk about something totally different today. I wanted to share some thoughts on technology and new equipment in your office. Lots of people ask, and, and you know, should I buy this or should I buy that? I think reinvesting in your practice will beat the ROI of most any other investment by a long shot. So it's good to think about this. Also, the price of tech is really becoming more affordable. I mean, compared to five years ago, some of this stuff costs you know half the amount that it previously did. So purchasing some nice equipment is a lot more realistic now than it was in the past as well. I understand that in talking about tech and equipment that you're going to find a lot of different opinions and some polarity. There are some people out there that have every shiny thing in their office and can do digital everything. And then there's other people who practice with the same stuff that they used in the 80s, right? Personally, I may be a little biased. I have been fairly less tech and have fortunately been able to still find a lot of success and maintain a really lean overhead without all of it. I, in my office, have added a CBCT and put up some nice patient display monitors around my office, but I'm really not very techy and I don't have the most modern toys that other docs may have. So take my advice with a grain of salt. That being said, I, I think it's important to think about technology in the right way. So I'm not going to tell you to go out and buy a specific piece of equipment, but I do want to share with you how I think you should approach the question of, should I buy this or that? First recommendation, if you're looking at adding some technology or equipment to your office, I would ask yourself three questions. First, ask yourself, does this improve the quality of patient care above what I am providing without it. Second question you should ask yourself, will this help me do more treatment on patients that I otherwise could not do? And then third, does this make me significantly more efficient? Now, if you can really delve into those questions and you can answer a solid yes to at least two of them, I say it's a good investment. You should go ahead and get it. So (laughs) that's a pretty, pretty straightforward approach, right? Um, But I think that's a good way to look at it. Let's, let's take a couple examples. 
A couple of years ago, I bought a CBCT for my office. Looking at like a CBCT uh, investment through this criteria, okay? Number one, it can definitely improve patient care, right? Because all of a sudden you can diagnose better, you can see more problems, you can plan surgeries better. So that's a definite yes to question one. I think we're going to improve patient care. Next, will this equipment or this CBCT open me up to providing more treatment that I couldn't do without it. Um, I place implants in my office, so I felt that the CBCT would allow me to take on more cases, more complex cases, than what I could do with just panos and PAs. And it has. I've been able to do um, larger implant cases because of it that I wouldn't feel comfortable doing before. So it's a yes to question number two. And then the third question, does this uh, new equipment make me significantly more efficient? In the case of the CBCT, no, it it doesn't really. So I'd probably say no change here. And so I had my two out of three. It made sense for me to buy it, so I did. And it's been really good. Also, when you look at a 3D, like a 3D unit is, I mean, half the cost of what it was five years ago. And it's not a big jump up from the cost of a digital pano anyways. So I was very comfortable investing in this upgrade for my office, okay? That's an example. Let's do another one. I talked to a dentist recently about producing ortho liners in-house. Let's run through the criteria here, okay? Number one, does this new acquisition of equipment to make your own aligners, does it improve patient care? I, you know, I'm not an expert on it, but I don't think it does. I think homemade trays are probably really similar to the professional trays that you can get from any of the aligner companies. Question number two, does this help me provide more treatment than I would otherwise be able to provide without it? You may be able to lower your cost to the patient a few hundred dollars since you may be saving yourself a little bit on your lab bill, but really I don't think it's gonna open you up significantly to um, a lot more cases in and of itself. Number three, does it make you significantly more efficient? The goal of it is to have your assistants, right, be able to do everything from beginning to end. But in common practice, I I believe that the dentist ends up committing sometimes a lot of time and energy into the effort of fabricating aligner trays when those hours and the focus could likely be placed in better, more profitable areas. So I know there are some people out there who do this really well and they have success with it and that's awesome and and to be honest, it's really impressive. But really, I think we should remember that we delegate production of our lab stuff to labs because our time is more important as dentists than trying to make our own products and lowering our lab fee costs. So this wouldn't, in most cases, uh, fulfill the criteria in here. All right, let's look at one last one, okay? So uh, Sarek, and I think Sarek is kind of related to this. There are a lot of doctors for whom Sarek has been a huge game changer. And for them, that's awesome. You know, I'm not going, I'm not telling you to go out and get one. I'm not telling you not to either, but I would just consider it this way. A study I read, it was pretty interesting. It found that for Sarek dentists, the total chair time for a crown appointment, crown prep, the mill, glazing the crown, it was actually more time, total chair time, than the two appointments of a traditional prep, temporize, and return for crown seating. I was kind of surprised to see this because I thought Sarek's value would be in saving you time by not 
you know, having a seating appointment. So the answer to one of our questions, does this make me significantly more efficient is at least according to the study, no, for most dentists. Personally, um, I do enough fix work to definitely warrant buying a Seric machine, which by the way, is probably about 40 fixed units a month. But I often feel personally that I'm ready to finish up on my doctor side appointments because there is another patient in coming in on the hour. And so I'm, I'm kind of ready to finish the appointment and get the next patient in. So I personally haven't gone for one in my office. I know there's a lot of Serona people out there that are really unhappy with me saying this stuff, but um, hear me out, okay? Sarek's real value is not in saving you money with your blocks, but your ability to perform more treatment because now you're able to market same-day crowns. This is going to be done in one visit. We're going to make this in our office, you know? No more temporaries, no waiting periods, no more sensitivity for two weeks. We're going to have this done right here, right now. And so this kind of provides a wow factor for patients. And just the convenience of it, if you present it properly, will really increase your treatment acceptance rate and so allow you to do more dentistry. Partner Justin, you know, he utilized Sarek, I think, the last couple of years in his practice. And he was very, very successful with it. And I think it's because he did it in this way. So, you know, two different styles. They both work, but some considerations there, okay? I would recommend looking at investing in tech and equipment with this criteria through those three questions, okay? Whether it's a intraoral scanner, 3D printing, electric handpieces, you know, lasers, um, sleep apnea stuff, whatever that stuff is. Run your decision chart through those questions to help you decide if you should get something. Don't buy expensive stuff because it's shiny or because you saw an ad with a successful dentist who says you need it. Instead, look at things objectively. Rather than having a couple hundred thousand dollars of debt just kind of sitting in your office that you pay off each month, you're gonna add new enhancements kind of strategically to your office and it's allowing you to do more dentistry and do it more efficiently. All right, the other suggestion I had with this was choose one specific specialty procedure or type of treatment that you want to add to your office. Something that you're currently referring out or maybe an area of untapped potential in your practice. And then commit yourself to learning that specialty procedure this year. And as you do, you can invest in new equipment that will help you master it. So you're not buying equipment just because it's modern or because it looks nice or because someone else has it, but because it's part of your plan to expand your own skill set and increase your production. For example, I think it's very doable for general dentists to become confident in providing basic clear aligner orthodontics. If you're not doing this right now, you can learn it from you know, a clinical mentor or you could go take CE. And then as you get a few cases under your belt and you feel comfortable, it makes sense to get an intraoral scanner to help you increase your case presentation with this and to help you create an efficient assistant-driven workflow. That's one example for you know, clear aligners. If you wanted to close large fixed cases, you know, do more full mouth stuff, or if you wanted to do wisdom teeth, you could invest in getting nitrous plumbed into your office if you haven't, or learn and get the equipment you need for you know, greater levels of sedation that will help you and allow you to do those type of appointments. Of course, I mentioned, you know, my earlier example, the CBCT and implants. 
same thing. Committing to expanding your skill set and your ability to provide specialty procedures will have a career-long ROI. I know we've talked about this here in times past, but I wanted to emphasize it. The amount of money you leave on the table by not branching out and expanding yourself is just huge. If you add in a few root canals, a clear aligner case or two, a couple implants, and maybe a couple wisdom teeth a month, all that together, your monthly production just went up, you know, 20K each month. Now, of course, you don't need to go out and expect to learn them all right now, and you don't need to buy the equipment for all of them right now, and you don't need to expect to become an expert or a master right away. But if you commit to expanding yourself one thing per year, then after a few years, you'll get there. When you're looking to upgrade your office or buy a shiny new toy, let these goals help direct you to decide what you should invest in. So in summary, guys, equipment and tech, it's great. It definitely won't make your practice suddenly more productive, but it can help you increase if you're doing you know, the foundational things right and you want to take things to the next level and grow in another area. When you're looking at equipment, ask yourself three questions. Does it improve the quality of patient care that I'm providing? Will it help me do more treatment on patients I couldn't do without it? Does it make me significantly more efficient? And if you're getting solid yeses to those questions, then you should go with it. Choose tech and equipment that helps you to expand and increase your personal clinical skill set. And so that's it. Thank you for listening, guys. Thank you for listening, guys. If you get any value or any new ideas that inspire you from these podcasts, please be a friend and leave us a five-star review. Please reach out to us if you guys want to connect. We'd be happy to. And with that, I will see you all next week. Peace. Yeah.